right, guys, welcome back. We got another episode of the COVID-19 effect that I'm kind of doing here, this pivot with trying to talk to owner operators that have different perspectives on the market within kind of the consumer packaged goods industry. I'm trying to get a ton of different perspectives because I think that there's clear kind of winners and losers um, depending on the way that the, the businesses are set up and the channels are set up and the products they have and everything. And, and I think that by having a bunch of different perspectives, it helps people really try to learn through this um, you know, kind of unprecedented event because there's not really a book that you could pick up on your shelf and read about you know, some leadership thing. And, and there's not really applicable knowledge out there. So I think if I can get as many point of views, many perspectives as possible, I think it's extremely useful. And this kind of brings up my guest here, um, Chris Wagner. He's got interesting cross section of, of businesses um, that um, we're going to talk about here. But you have you have NutriKey, which is kind of traditional sports nutrition and nutritional supplement products. You have uh, Rep Sports, which is a variant of that. But then you also have like an energy drink, a, a fast growing energy drink company called Raise Energy. And then you have a new kind of healthy snacking um, G-pop. It's a, we'll probably talk about it. But it's like a protein coated um, popcorn that has like some really kind of crazy flavors. So I'll turn this over to you, Chris. You can give people a little bit of an understanding of like what your businesses as a whole, I guess, are. And then we can kind of dive into um, kind of what's happening now with COVID-19 with your business. And then we can kind of dive into some other subjects as well. Sure. Yeah. No. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an honor. I, I love watching your videos and educating myself um, just on everything Appreciate that's going that. on in the market. So yeah, it's been it's been great to see this this content just continue to be pushed out into the market. Uh, I mean, overall, I think if you were to sum sum our company up, um, we kind of try and dive in every different category that we can, which is it's got its pros and its cons. Um, I think with the COVID situation, it's it's helping us a little bit more than it's hurting us. Um, but yeah, we I mean, you touched on it. We've got NutriKey, which is kind of health for every lifestyle. It's uh, 150 plus products, uh, more commodity driven baseline, um, very soft product offering. And then we have Rep Sports, which is our high performance brand offering, which is, you know, your high intensity pre-workouts, weight loss category, um, just economy proteins inside of that, test boosters, you know, you name it. Then uh, as a kind of offshoot of Rep Sports, Raise Energy, which, you know, we'll unpack. And then G-Pop Foods, which has kind of been our test and dipping our toes into the whole functional food snack uh, business, per se. We're talking a little bit off camera around, you know, when COVID-19 kind of came. Um, and I think it's it obviously it hit people at different times, depending on you know, where your business is located geographically, also like maybe what categories you were in, but um, what specifically was like that moment for you, like that the COVID-19 effect, like hit your business, hit you and you were like, okay, all right, let's, let's try to figure out what do we need to do to keep this business, keep this machine going. Man, it gives me, it gives me chills thinking about it. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're based out of Florida. Um, you know, Florida was, in the beginning, I felt like it was like high up on the radar, like we're having an outbreak. But when you kind of unpacked it, it was more southern Florida area. Um, so we it wasn't affecting us too much over here in, in Seminole County. Um, and then, you know, I remember hearing kind of New York get going and then California uh, just shut down and then gyms shut down. I don't remember the timeline per se, um, but I just, you know, I remember hearing these little glimmers of, you know, our industry is like shutting down slowly. And 
it was interesting because we had staff here that were having friends get laid off and they were coming to me asking me, you know, hey, what's going on? Are we going to still be working full time? Are we going to be preserving our staff? You know, we're hearing these things. And I was like, you know, no, we're doing OK. No worries. We hadn't seen a single dip in orders. Um, I mean, from most of the data that flows into our business, we get real time sales data. I mean, from our distributors, GNC, uh, shop, direct to consumer, it's it's pretty real time. So we we hadn't seen a dip. And then I remember rolling into a Friday and just that Friday was abnormally low. Um, and then really just kind of getting a realization of, okay, so it's, it's starting to settle in. Like we're starting to feel these effects. We were, for some reason, we were very fortunate and blessed that we were very delayed. But then after that Friday, I mean, it just rolled in like a ton of bricks. Um, I want to say that that following week after that, uh, we, I think we saw like a recess of over 70% in that week of just everybody kind of like stopping and stabilizing and, and understanding like, okay, so, you know, what does this, what does this look like going forward? Um, I think for me, it's been one of the more humbling experiences that I've been through thus far in my career, hopefully, hopefully the most humbling. Um, I would like to check this box. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was kind of that situation where, you know, I have like a, I'm fortunate enough to have like a pool of mentors that you're just guys that are in my sphere that are significantly more successful than I am. Um, and they're just out there doing it. And I texted all of these guys and, and girls and I just said, you know, Hey, like, this is what I'm thinking. This is how I'm, you know, the approach I'm, I'm trying to take. Um, what do you think? And it was the first time that like unanimously I got feedback that was be over conservative. We don't know what the future looks like you know, protect the house, uh, but try and, you know, retain as many as of your core team members as possible and, and make the necessary adjustments to slow down and kind of reforecast everything that you're doing over the next 90 to 120 days. And for me, that was, uh, like, I look to these people for, you know, positivity and, and actions to take to cut through the noise. And it was just a full on, like, apply the brakes as much as possible through this process. And, uh, so I remember going to my, my CFO and like pulling like just the most recent and up-to-date income statement in real time on the business. And just, you know, that weekend just sitting in, you know, basically darkness, you know, just trying to understand, okay, so not that we were shutting down, but if the, if the world, the global yeah. economy in the United States is shutting down, how are we going to weather this storm? You know, like understanding what's in our cash coffers, our bunkers, what do we have in inventory? What open POs do we have that just got canceled? You know, what is our cost to produce some of this inventory that we have sitting based on open orders, sales expense, marketing, like where are we spending dollars right now? Like just compressing everything and, and stopping it. And, and and for me, it was eerie because it was like, it was almost like an exercise, like, you know, you're, you're going out of business or you know you're going to get cut in half. So like, how are we going to restructure the business? But it wasn't happening. It was just like we need to we need to plan for it. Um, so you know, spent the time to kind of go through that, you know, reorganize the business, and I feel like we came out you know pretty positive through after that weekend. I, I remember my CFO came to my house at Sunday at five o'clock, and we just we dug in deep on a plan, and uh, and it was it was a positive outcome for us. But it was, I mean, there's no other way to put it. I, I think it was absolutely terrifying, and I think there's. I think there's a lot of people out there and business owners that are going through a much more significantly impactful situation that weren't able to kind of readjust based on the strength of their business that, um, you know, I, I feel pain for and, and hopefully they'll pull through it. Yeah, I, 
I shared a kind of a story um, through an article around kind of like my business and myself around like COVID-19. Like when did I start it to like, I want to say res respect it to the level of like it really was taking um, a toll on on my clients. And I kind of was talking originally around, it was like early February, late uh, January. I started to get from my biggest clients, I started to get inquiries around more of the supply chain um, redundancies, like trying to really like understand, hey, is this, you know, is this going to really affect us here in the United States? Um, and it was mostly around because the supply chains were focused around China and, you know, people were trying to really understand, like, are they going to be able to weather the storm if it's going to be a little bit longer? Do we need to adjust some of our ordering and, you know, kind of setting those um, steps out? Then I think it took a little bit of time. Like I started to get more and more inquiries. The inquiries started to um, broaden uh, outside of just the supply chain and the, you know, kind of the planning around um, what could happen with that side of the business. And then when the trade shows kind of closed down um, with the Arnold and the um, Expo West, um, that's when it hit my smallest uh, clients because at, they were their heads down, you know, really trying to execute on those trade shows. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, they're trying to acquire customers. They're trying to, you know, get in front of targets and Walmarts. And, you know, that was their time to shine though. They were paying attention to what was happening. They needed to cover what was right in front of their face. Um, sure. but that to me was probably like the worst night. Um, for me, I, I couldn't sleep. I was in LA like and the next day it was supposed to be at uh, Expo West and I couldn't sleep that whole night. I, I probably woke up every hour, like just sitting there trying to think through scenarios in my head for my clients. Like, Oh, what if I, what if, what if I could do this? What if I could do this? You know? And I wrote all these different notes down, like on the notepad next to me, like, uh, you know, in the hotel and, and it was total like scribbles, things that didn't make sense when I woke up eventually. But, uh, yeah, there were some yeah, things, yeah. there were some things in there, like, you know, around like turn the dials to zero. Like I was starting to like think like, okay, the, world shut down in China. I didn't at that time think that the world was going to shut down in the United States, but it was one of those things like a practice to like tell you to like do these weird, like kind of like um, stress tests with businesses yeah, because you just didn't absolutely. know. And like that's where we're at today is like there's a lot of great business owners that are struggling right now because they um, you, you never account for like turning the dials to zero. You know what I mean? Like even yeah. 80, 70, not like 60% down, like you don't, you have a buffer, but that eventually that buffer gets worn down to nothing. And then you, yeah. you know, you're at this point of like, what it's do we do? And, and, and you're, you're kind of going through that practice of like, you know, you're prior, prioritizing costs, you're prioritizing every part of your business and, and trying to simplify it and really try to think of like, where am I going to put my effort at where, where's my real winners here. Um, and those are ones I need to support. The rest of them could like rationalize out and, and you go know, in the short term, they could just kind of fall to the wayside. But like, I have to keep this sh ship moving, but I also have to keep it moving with like a much lower cost level, uh, because yeah. you have to be conservative at this point because there's so much uncertainty. We don't know regardless of how much data we read, you know, how much, um, reports we read and, you know, we get these indications of, of different things. Like it doesn't, we don't know, like the next 15 days could look totally different than what we project. And you have to at least make sure you have ammo or, or kind of like pieces in your war chest. Yeah. So to, to be there, because eventually we are going to come out of this. And when we do come out of it, you need to be able to still fire, you know, and, and, and start back up as quick as possible. Because if you, if you go down to zero, it's very hard to turn all that back around um, because people start to get 
you know, in their head, they're starting to think, is this guy out of business? Is he whatever? Right. So it's, you know, it's an interesting kind of practice and one that's extremely important. And, and I'm glad that like, you know, mentors took that approach because I think that I had tons of people reaching out to me and it was similar. I, I'm super positive. I'm always looking for value. I'm always whatever. But I told a lot of people like, dig in, it's going to get dirty. Yeah. You need to like, preserve cash, liquidity, like start to simplify yeah. your business, do those types of things. And people are looking at me like I was kind of going crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 you have to like, this is the time to preserve and focus on the bet on your, your kind of like your a or hero items and the yeah. rest of them, you know, if they were really great ideas, they'll stick through. If not, you know what, there's, there's other ones in your head that you can kind of work through yeah. and, and do what you sure. need to do. Yeah. Um, shifting a little bit like towards the, um, kind of the process that you've had to take on like with um, some of the restrictions. I know like with the, you know, categories in which both, both of us worked in like we're essential, I guess, yeah. like, you know, there's, there's differing definitions of what's essential and what's not essential, I guess, based around the States and the local governments. But have you guys had to change um, anything? Cause I think you guys also do some manufacturing in house yeah. for some of your, for your lines. Have you guys had to completely adjust skeleton crews like has there been anything like drastic on that side I, I i yeah it's been there's been quite a few changes i think uh you know the one thing that i left out on like the impact was that through the process uh everything was fine we had actually just kind of refilled most of our inventory from a material standpoint to keep production going but i remember we couldn't get cans uh, because the beer companies were just running alcohol like crazy. And I don't know if you've read the articles, but for a, about a two-week clip, alcohol was up, you know, well over yeah. 50%. So it was just like the trucks were running. And so that that really hit home, even with our operations team, because they're like, hey, well, what are we going to do? We can't get cans. Uh, luckily, we had enough to bridge the gap, um, and we were okay. But then it was also, you know, from an overall corporate standpoint, we took everyone, uh, we had individual meetings with like, you know, teams, so marketing, sales, accounting, operations, warehouse, and quality, broke them down and just said like, look, here's the state of the business. Um, we're, we're trying to preserve a 100% of our staff. Um, and we, we love every single one of you and we want to keep you on the team. However, we're kind of going through this tough time. And, and it was cool because you didn't have to explain it too much to them. They were, they were on board and they were, they were ready to give a little bit. Um, so what we did was we kind of reined back most of the hours to two thirds of normal operating. And then we paced, or I'm sorry, we spread out everybody's time here within the, in the facility. Uh, we, we ended up agreeing on moving sales out of the building. So they're all working remotely, uh, which has been an adjustment just to kind of track like, okay, so if you take advantage of like working in an office, um, from like measuring productivity, or at least I think you think you do, um, versus, you know, when you're working remotely, you really need to tighten down those yeah. calls, those call times, averages, categorizing who we're calling, uh, you know, zoom meetings, the, the whole thing. Um, and then as far as like the, the COVID impact, um, we moved to like, you know, reducing the amount of chairs in the break rooms, putting signs up everywhere. We do three sanitation schedules daily through the building. Uh, we extended our hours. So we had less people on staff. Um, you know, face mask, gloves, just taking as many precautions as possible to increase social distancing. Because because the first couple weeks of this, we had the meetings and everybody was still like meeting in offices, and and like they were concerned about the coronavirus as well. But it was just like habit. You know, they would just yeah. go into the office, sit down, they'd have a meeting in the conference room, six people at the table, just sitting like this, like yeah. yeah so we're, we're gonna, and I'm like, guys. Like, <laughs> 
come on, spread it out. It's okay. Like I'm, I don't need to see you in the meeting. So um, that's been an interesting adjustment to the business as well. But uh, I think, you know, now everybody's kind of conditioned towards it. And uh, I mean, I, I would imagine we'll be uh, even more sanitary just from a door handle perspective upstairs in the, in the accounting offices, just because people are washing their hands now more. They're just, uh, they're a little bit more sensitive to it weird habit things that are that are going to change from this as well like there's things that um we just all uh i guess accept that people are doing you know like um things around your uh, general cleanliness like you just don't think about it because you're like everybody does the same thing as i do it's no big deal and then you realize like oh well there was a bunch of things that you had to like account for now that like you didn't have to before which is like kind of kind of interesting that's kind of an interesting like sidebar but the um definitely on a deep hole without that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the um, you're talking around like the sales staff, and for me, that's always like, uh, in a way, it's like the heartbeat of an office. Like if your your sales staff is buzzing, you know, that usually that creates energy. That kind of you know, like spreads out because people are seeing deals getting done. They're seeing sales go out the door. They're kind of doing that, and that being taken away, has that like changed up the dynamic? Like, or have you guys figured out a way to like? kind of keep that energy going or like, is there any way that you've kind of thought through that one? Yeah. I haven't really seen a drop or felt a drop in energy, like output from just like the overall like corporate torch we're, we're driving forward. Um, if it's not sales, like hyping up the building, making a bunch of sound and closing deals, like they walk around with cowboy hats on when they've got big deals on the <laughs> line, you know, like they just, they do this crazy quirky stuff. Um, it's operational wins. So it, it just, we kind of switched that up a little bit on like the things that we're focusing on, but even still, like I'm fortunate enough to the point where our whole business is, is pretty family oriented. We've, we've kind of got that real startup mentality and I, we still are in my mind considered a startup just because we're keep starting up these new, these new brands and these new kind of pathways to success. Um, so it's, it's been pretty constant and steady. And actually I feel like everyone's more made of it, motivated to kind of pull through this and kind of come out of this thing with a lot of speed because we're still building inventory. So that way, whenever, you know, the switches and I say switches, cause I feel like everyone thinks like, it's just gonna be like, everything's back to normal. Like yeah. whenever we get back to 75% of where we were at and orders start coming in, we'll, we'll be in a position to replenish these inventories and these retailers and kind of get back into the swing of things. I'm kind of touching on the retail front and you started out, I think before you had all these businesses, you were a supplement shop owner. Is that correct? Yeah. So yeah. kind of having that background and obviously you still probably have some of that blood running through your, your, your veins. Like how are you feeling about like the pulse of like the small supplement shop owners, like that whole like world, are you, kind of keeping an eye on it right now? Um, are you trying to have your guys kind of be more consultative to try to help owners uh, try to get through this kind of unique phase? Because I'm seeing like a wide variance of these small mom and pop supplement shops. Like some are like, you know, finding ways, finding solutions, winning, doing what they got to do. They're digging in. And then you have other ones that like, they seem to just put their hands up and they're like, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. I We're definitely getting like a, a big variance on the feedback that we're getting from these guys. Like California is obviously down the most, um, in probably New York as well, but California being, you know, the size and magnitude that they are, it's, it's much more impactful. Um, we're seeing that entire sector down pretty considerably across the board. We are getting these retailers that are adjusting and pivoting to kind of the new temporary reality. 
and establishing a plan. Our sales team is definitely kind of focusing on these guys, calling them, touching base with them. A lot of them are closed, I will say, uh, but the personal relationship we're fortunate enough to have with these guys. So we're, we are still communicating with them. We all have something in common right now that we're going through. So I think there's there's a lot of camaraderie going on um, and also trying to understand like, hey, so you know, what is your go forward plan? How can we fit into that? How can we help you? Um, but also kind of like not lose a lot in the process because we're all down during this process and uh, just continue to kind of understand what that landscape is going to look like again, as these switches start flipping, flipping back on. With the variety of like products and, and different kind of product categories that you have, have you seen ones um, that are kind of working better in that small supplement channel? Um, you know, is it still the more of the foods and snacks and protein stuff, or are you seeing, you know, maybe, I, I guess I don't know the, the, full range of the 150 plus SKUs on Nutrify. Do you have like, you, I'm guessing you probably have some immunity things and, and stuff like that. That's probably hitting some, hitting some chords in terms of like what people are buying. Sure. Yeah. We do have some products that I think I could probably come out and say they boost immunity, but I haven't, I've kind of chosen not to take that approach, um, for whatever reason. Um, we're not necessarily a protein company, although we have, uh, 24 different proteins, I think, um, you know, maybe more when you add in the vegan options. Um, so those are moving, but again, because they're not a core focus for us and a big contributor to the overall top line, it's, there's not been a ton of movement like there has been in some other protein brands that we've kind of seen and heard about. Um, on the snack side, it's been pretty steady Eddie. I mean, we're only six months into the snack launch, so it's, we're still kind of feeling that out. Most of the launch business was D to C. And then, you know, about a third of that was through um, kind of specialty wholesale distribution. And then of that third, 85% of it was gyms. So that that pretty much just evaporated. Yeah, we have an Amazon listing. But again, just the momentum wasn't really built up there. Um, you know, one of the positive outcomes that have, have come through this is is the drink side. I mean, although Raise is in the majority of gyms, you know, nationwide, we're also, you know, heavy in GNC, we're heavy in vitamin shop, and we've been building our kind of DSD network um, and, and kind of going off after that new category, which is which is not suffering. Uh, so for us, when prospecting these DSDs, um, these guys are still out there delivering alcohol or non-alcoholic water delivery drivers. So there's all this opportunity. And I wouldn't say that these guys are, you know overly interested in bringing on new brands at this time, but they, they're open to talk to you a little bit more because they kind of understand what's going on and they are feeling some pressure in some other areas. So, so that said, um, you know, through kind of the decline, it's given us some time to kind of relieve some pressure on like, we need to focus on our distribution channels and, you know, this segment, this thing, it's been more like, well, these segments are down significantly. How do we kind of reprioritize, make sure that we service these down segments and categories, make sure that our core customers are good and we, we drip into there as deep as we can. But then also, like, let's spend some time considerably more than we had available pre-COVID and go after these new channels and try and build relationships, understand them and, and open up some new business. Kind of flip this over to maybe like new products. Um, I, I'm assuming you obviously had a kind of a product dev map like that was going on right now. Have you um, still went forward with some of the new products or have you guys pulled back on all new launches? 
So we launched Baja Lime, our newest flavor of Raise Energy, basically at the apex of the coronavirus. So that was that was interesting. I we actually chose not to announce that it's not that it's now available um, April first, just because we figured we might as well keep that in the hopper until everything cools down a little bit to just get a, another push into yeah. that launch. Um, and that said, it's still outperforming all of our other launches, which is kind of interesting to see. Um, but, you know, specifically in the in the shop and GNC category right now, because most of our, our distribution businesses is there's just not enough there right now to get an accurate reading on the pulse unless you kind of drilled into like really deep, like creating turn rates inside of the accounts that are in zip codes that are, you know, doing very well. It's just it's going to be very skewed. Um, so so that we kind of paused. We had some pre-workout launches hit the brakes on that, um, really just kind of trying to understand, you know, when are we going to turn that calendar back on? And then, you know, how is that going to shake out for our, you know, 2020 plan per se? Before I let you go, like pulling this towards a little bit longer of a view, um, has this provided you any kind of like, I don't want to say silver linings, but just like a sense of like, a different way of thinking about things going into like, you know, 2021 and beyond, um, in terms of like just how you're running your brands or how you're launching products. I'm always curious. Cause if, I think that I got into a conversation with a, with a colleague of, of ours in the industry around like, what does the shock do in the future? And it wasn't anything to do with like our industry, but more of like, will this create people, um, to be more like risk adverse in the sense, like they're not going to take on that much risk anymore. Cause like they knew that there was some weird outlier that's always going to be there, um, that we didn't sure. have before because it was like, it was kind of like Goldilocks before it was like 11 years of like greatness. Everything was up. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> now all of a sudden you got this like punch out of the, <laughs> out of nowhere that you're like, wow, like how'd this happen? Yeah. And that's just a punch either. Let's just yeah, call this like yeah. a knockout. <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> like... <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not a jab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think as an owner, um, you're always looking at your PL and you're, you're, you're kind of digging into all these different GL codes, trying to understand like, you know, what is this really doing to the business and how, how is this helping us perform? Um, I think this was the most serious I've ever kind of drilled in and tried to, trying to understand like where do we need to thin the 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 spending here and to to preserve what we have and for me i think you know like it started with subscriptions you know like i had we just migrated one of our sites over from shopify to you know woocommerce this will be stupid and it's it's incremental but i think it's little things where i was getting double billed for 400 a month on one of our websites and i had been leaving it open because there was a bunch of data there um, and I, and we were just being a little too lazy to, to export it out and, you know, really build the tables to model it into our new site. And so instantly, like, I was like, goodbye, you're yeah. gone, terminate, <laughs> like, who's billing me and for how much. Um, and I think when you're kind of going through the motions in business, whether or not you're growing or you're just kind of cruising along at like, you know, a flat line pace, I think there's a little slop and slack that gets in the chain a little bit along the way and just things that you don't notice they're there. You, in your mind, you mentally say that there's some value to it. So you don't really make the hard choices. Um, but when you go through a scenario like this, I think you try and pull as much of that slack out of the line as possible, uh, because it's a necessity, you know, you have to. Um, and so I think for me, it's just, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see, I think it's helped me be a little bit more 
refined in my thinking of whenever someone proposes an idea or, or I, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and think there's, we need to go down this path. It's like, okay, well, going back to that MBA conversation, yeah. uh, you know, what's it really going to do for the business? What value is it going to contribute? And at what time frame? Uh, because I just, you know, I can't afford for some of that slack right now. You know, I think there's tons of probably silver linings. I think everybody just, you know, it's, it's the, do you want to be woe is me or do you want to look at it as a positive and look at it as, okay, yeah, there's some shitty situations here, but there's also a lot of like learnings. There's a lot of like positivity that we could kind of grab from this. Um, as long as you frame it in the right way, if you frame it in the sense of like, my sales are down and, and you know, this is going to be a, it's all, everything after that's negative, then you're not going to, you're never going to benefit from this. I mean, I think that most people in this situation outside of maybe, you know, Kimberly Clark that's selling a bunch of toilet paper, um, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, ebbs and flows of, of like winners and losers. And if you're only going to focus on the losing part of it, you're going to, you're going to really muffle the opportunity to, to learn some good things. I think, uh, you know, I think one of the most interesting things for me is this is, I think probably one of those burn the boat situations where, you know, you're, you're out there, you're doing your thing and you get in a situation and there's, there's absolutely no turning back. There is, it's a completely different landscape. And then at this point in time, it's either, are we going to adapt? You know, what are we going to focus on? How are we going to approach that marketplace? How much fuel do we have? You know, I call it fuel, but you know, it's cash in the coffers. To, to drive forward and push through this. And, you know, we've got this amount of time, this amount of fuel, and we either go or we die. And it's been interesting to see that kind of compress the team, not only on the sales side, but on the, you know, D2C side, where the D2C side basically had to pick up um, hundreds of thousands of dollars in growth instantaneously. And so for us, you know, that that created issues from fulfillment, you know, staffing, customer service issues, inventory depletions, just all these different things where our entire team came together, you know, and put the pieces together so that we could kind of bring up the nose of the plane through this process. Well, at the same time, we were buying the sales team time to go after and get some of these DSD networks and continue to expand the business forward. Not that that revenue is coming in today, but, you know, you look at the closing timeline, whether it's 30, 60 or 90 days, when those when those things start hitting, you know, we should hopefully pull through this and you can back into that math, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier pre-call. As long as we have a direction and a path and we know where we're going and how we're going to get there, all of this is just noise. It's just a matter of like, how do we utilize this time and this fuel to to get through this process? Well, I appreciate the conversation, Chris. I think it was definitely insightful. I thought very ton of different valuable nuggets for people to grab uh, from this. If people want to follow you or maybe some of the businesses, how could they do it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that interesting, but uh, <laughs> my my Instagram handle is CPWags, um, very CEO-like. And, uh, you know, you could either follow uh, Raise Energy um, or G-Pop Foods. And then the other handle uh, is NutriKey and or Rep Sports. So all those brands are on Instagram. Like the most interesting and fun is definitely Raise Energy.